All right, folks, we're going to do something a little bit different on this episode. We are graced by the writer, director, master editor, Tom Sanchez, uh, who hails from Lima, Peru. He has a short on HBO, and he has a full-length feature that we got from Amazon, but I'm sure it's available many of the places. He is a pure delight, and we've got a lot to unpack with him. So we're going to jump in there and talk with him for a little while, and you might learn a thing or two. Join us. Are you recording it on there? Almost. (laughs) Talking with words. Hey. Hey, hey, Sally. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? Living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put kids to bed. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Finally. How are you doing? Long I'm good. 20, how, how old are your kids? 28 years, I think it's been since I've played this <laughs> They are six and four, almost five. Oh, okay. Very busy. Yeah. 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 I have a, an eight-year-old. Oh, so you're in the trenches too a little bit. Having kids at older yeah, ages she... kind of sucks. <laughs> Eight's a good age Eight. to kind of calm down a little. Okay, that's good. That gives me hope for the future. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. these two are crazy right now. Cool. So it's only six here. Oh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's right. Y'all are California. Yeah, forget about that. So nice to see you. Get to talk to you face to face. Yeah, so you're, you're Rob. Which I'm, one's Rob? I can't. I'm Rob. Okay. Hi. This is Ryan. And I'm Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And we've gone through, well, we just watched Blade of Don Juan just a minute ago, so it'd be fresh in our heads. And we watched the, is it the prescription, prescription? or the remedy? The There's prescription. names in there. El Remedio. Yeah, pres- prescription is the English title and remedio is the Spanish title, but that literally means like medicine or remedy. Right. But I like the prescription better because it's the doctor kind of prescribed. A little more official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was- yeah. It just sounds, it sounds weird in Spanish because prescription in Spanish is receta, which also means recipe. Oh. And you want people to think it was like a cooking thing because yeah. it's yeah. very it's a, different. It's a very different movie. <laughs> <laughs> completely different movie i really liked it though which one the prescription i like oh it. thanks i liked it which when you didn't see the ending coming right the twist. oh gosh well no yeah no <laughs> these guys watch movies and like really like i'm watching it for entertainment purposes only so no i don't think ahead i'm like i don't know what's gonna happen and then it just happens i'm like oh well, look at that well when i read the script i didn't know what was gonna i didn't write it so Oh. I didn't write that one, so I didn't know what was going to happen either. Oh, well, that makes me feel better, see? <laughs> the only one that can't guess things. I do want to pull some people and see if they can see it coming. But I'll bump. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking at it from a different perspective, maybe. Well, some of the other groups said they saw it coming almost immediately. Yeah, but we've got a couple that didn't get it in one, two that got it. Yeah. What was their demographic? Gay males. Men that are in a couple with partner? They're partners. Yeah. Okay, see, that's kind of what our research showed, that gay people tended to get it. (laughs) Yeah, they see it coming a little bit further away than the the straight people that aren't thinking that direction. Yeah, and men were the worst at seeing it, which is fine. I don't, (laughs) I mean, straight men, I should say. Yeah. Straight men were the worst. Hmm. Um, Not that that's, not that that's bad, that's... Good, I and guess. You, you I don't want know. that, right? Yeah, I suppose. I think I was telling you earlier, it's not like an M. Night Shyamalan type situation. I think you could still enjoy it and see it coming. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. I'm bummed. <laughs> Man, that's what she said all night, yeah, aren't we? <laughs> so we just watched, can we just talk about Don Juan for a minute? Sure. So we just finished that one and I really enjoyed it. Thanks. 
I think everybody liked it. I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. And that you wrote that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I wrote that. <clears throat> it was supposed to, you know, it's funny because uh, you were talking to me about shorts. Initially, I wrote it as a short and uh, I was talking to my friend, Ben, helped me produce it. We went to school together and he uh, he was like, well, why don't we just make a feature? It's Peru. It's cheap. We can raise money for that. And he gave me like a number and I was like, yeah, maybe we can come up with that. And it was way off. Like it was really a lot less than it cost to make. <laughs> but it was just, it was just a short initially. Hmm. Yeah, it was just initially it was just the arm wrestling match. They go to a party, they get into a fight and then they leave. And that was it. Then you had the the kind of Oh, and it had it had that last scene. Are we doing this as with spoiler alerts or uh, we usually yeah say spoilers at the beginning when we go into our, our people know what they're getting into. We're gonna tell them everything. Okay, so yep. I mean I know a lot of people, I mean most people probably haven't seen it, so not like when uh, some of your other films. <laughs> well, we're opening the horizon. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was really good. I loved that last scene, though. It made me laugh. I mean, I laughed at the whole thing, but that last scene was. <laughs> Which really was good. the last scene? Where they're they're walking to see the brother, and oh, okay, they're just hamming out the jokes, you know, basically recapping everything that happened through the whole movie but in jokes. Oh yeah. You know, we, we kind of added that at the end. Like, are you guys familiar with ADR is? I was going to say, it looked like it was ADR. No. Yeah. Um, when they do the, it's just, after. Oh, okay. so like that wasn't in the original script, but then I was like, Hey, why don't we do like an eighties movie thing where they're like walking away and just kind of joking. And, uh, cause I was told my friend Ben, I was like, I don't know. Should we do like a serious ended on a serious note, like artsy, or should we like go for this thing? I wrote, and uh could i i wrote re- like after the fact after we were editing it and he's like yeah screw artsy let's just go for fun <laughs> i liked so. it. <laughs> it also kind of reminded me which i know this has nothing to do with it but it reminded me of the last scene of dumb and dumber <laughs> where like they sure sit, you know they send the bus on and then yeah they're, yeah like, talking and you're it sitting, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i think i mean it felt to me like that closed the, the, the circle of it because you started out with them just giving each other shit the whole time and they go through all this and you know they bond they're not fighting anymore they have the the brother saving brother moment and then you go back to them just giving each other shit again which is i've got two brothers i totally get it yeah and but this time it's like more playful and not not as serious not as aggressive. A, 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 ang- angry yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Although I'm sure in like a few days I'll be back to completely, you know, yeah. <laughs> without a doubt. This one, this got a grant or it won an award from the Ministry of Culture. I didn't understand where that part uh, was. It an award? Oh sure, yeah. No, we had to legally put that at the beginning because it got a post production grant. Okay. From uh, government of Peru, so what you had to do is you had to uh, show a complete cut. Like it could be the rough cut, you know, it didn't have to be finalized, and you present that. And they give you, I think we got like $90,000 to help cover post-production oh, costs. So like oh, wow. editing, the coloring, the mixing, some of the music. And yeah, it was very helpful, actually. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so how long did it take you to film that? It, and you went to Peru, I'm assuming, and stayed. Did that take a long well, time? Well, it took, you know, we actually filmed it in two parts. We filmed the first part. In 1999, 1999, shit, uh, 2000, 2009. Okay. And then we went, so we filmed the part where it started with the push-ups in the bedroom and basically till they get into the taxi. Once they get in the taxi, that's why we filmed the first part. And I was trying to get, you know, we were like, we kind of hit a wall with fundraising and we're like, let's just shoot what we can and maybe we can get some more money showing what we did. And then it took a couple of years and uh, I had like an agent and all this stuff helping. And uh, actually I had some interesting meetings with, like I met with George Lopez's company. Oh yeah. Uh, and they were into it, except for that the wife was like, well, I don't want my kids to watch this <laughs> kind of thing. So <laughs> even though we like it and I was like, well, it's not really for teenagers, yeah. it's, but whatever. I mean, you can't argue. Yeah, right? right. So 
but anyway, so like we, I did meet some people with it. And then um, actually there's another company, I forget the name of the company, but they apparently it was between our movie financing the rest of our movie. And I don't know if you remember that um, Will Ferrell movie, Casa de Mi Padre. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was like between us and Will Ferrell and they went with, you know, I don't blame them. How dare them pick Will Ferrell. <laughs> uh, but like, but um, I mean, at least that's what I was told by my uh, the company that was trying to do it. Anyway, so then we went back in 2011 and finished the rest of the movie. You know, like at some point I was just like sending it out wherever I could. I even sent it out to the, the first 30 minutes or 20 whatever minutes it is. I even sent it out to um, the director of the Blair Witch Project, oh, whose yeah. last name is Sanchez as well. And uh, he, you know, he watched and he's like, oh, man, I wish you would have just finished it like it, however you could have. Because I think he was like, you know, two years had passed and I think he was like bummed yeah. and also know, knows how hard it is because he's an indie film guy. But uh, we made it. So we finished. So we went back. So like once they're inside the cab, that's the next and in the very beginning, like the little kids, that was all shot in 2011. So to answer your question, it took a lot of years. But of actual filming days, I would say, I can't remember the exact number, but around 27 days. Oh, wow. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Now, did I read that some so, of this was shot at your childhood home? Yeah. Where'd you read that? Is that what I put on IMDb? Or <laughs> uh, that I think it was IMDb. I was just looking up yeah, some it of was. the background stuff. Um, yeah. So that, that house, the old house where they actually lived, that's where I lived when I was um, growing. I grew up in Lima until I was eight. And that's actually like three houses. They're like city houses. So they're all kind of, those three houses are kind of connected, but um, yeah, that's where I lived. Then the fancy house, that's my um, my dad's cousin's house. And she just has this beautiful house. She's an interior designer and her interior decorator. That's and she's very, very generous uh, letting us shoot there for, six or seven nights yeah and uh for free basically i, we, I think we paid to fix her lawn after our time. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of kids um, running around on it that's so cool i had no idea oh i mean there were i mean besides all the extras and the people you see in the film there was at least 30 crew members so and they were there during the there, during the night like just finding like staying out of the way and but funny story like I don't know if you remember, but there's tiki torches by their pool. Yeah. And I brought them. I knew they were doing this. I, I got them a very nice, uh, nice bottle of wine that I brought from Napa or something. And they were, they popped it open and they were drinking it. They were kind of standing at their balcony watching us work. And while well, the art guy, the, one of the production designer, or not designers, but one of the art department people was trying to light a tiki torch and he lit the rag on fire that was still attached to the bottle oh, and he freaked he freaked out and he threw the whole thing in the pool so then <laughs> a, a, a whole layer of uh kerosene covered the top of the pool and um then it was just burning and you know we had this pool with a bunch of movie lights surrounding it uh a huge flames on the water and I was like, uh, what do we do? Like, we can't, we just got to let it burn out because it's kerosene. Then I look up and uh, my, my, we call him aunt and uncle because it's my dad's cousins, but yeah. uh, I see them up there kind of like, oh, Lord. you know, just, just, just like, oh, oh that's cool. They, they, I, I talked to them later. I was like, and they're like, okay. So I went up to my um, dad's cousins, my aunt and uncle, and I said, uh yeah about the pool and they're like was that like a special effects or something cool and I was, <laughs> did, did you just go with it i would have yeah of course i of mean course. i don't know like oh no we we be panicked and threw fire into your pool and... <laughs> i would have went ahead and recorded that i would have think it might be come useful in a blooper reel or something Right. Yeah. Um, I think somebody recorded it and posted it on Facebook and our producer that we hired to manage things down there was like, take that off in case <laughs> something happens like, and the insurance has to get involved. We don't want that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. Wait five years and then do it. Ten years. No, nobody, limitations. Nobody. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. I'd be, if I was, them, I'd be watching for that shot, the movie then be wait, what happened to the huge pool on fire scene? In our backyard. 
<laughs> you know, we did have a scene that we cut. It was um, right when um, Walter and his uh, girlfriend, Pamela, the owner of the house, were about to kiss. Like, this uh, big fat guy jumps into the pool and like, just splashes them. It was so cold. I don't know if you could tell, but like it was September, which in Peru is fall already. And it was really cold. And I don't know. I, I feel bad that the guy went through it and jumped into the pool and then it wasn't working in the editing room and we cut it out. <laughs> was that his only scene? Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's in the background somewhere. Yeah, okay. but uh, he'll be all right. <laughs> he was an extra. And we're like, we'll give you an extra 20 bucks if you jump in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Worth, Worth it. it. Yeah, Worth exactly. It. And I, I was going to ask yeah. if this was filmed in sequence because it did look like they were younger in the beginning, which now makes sense. I'm catching up on my notes here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, they are like two years younger, although the whole movie takes place one over the course of 24 hours. So right. it shouldn't. See, I did not, I did not pick up on that at all. That they looked older. Well, it looked like they, they looked a little bit. I don't think they ever said yeah. the age and they never said how old they were. Did so they? they had 17 and 19. Was it 17 or 19? Yeah, I was going to say 15 and 17, but I think you're correct since you just watched it and I forgot. <laughs> I'm a note taker. But yeah, no, 17 and 19. I didn't want to deal with like a 15-year-old yeah. prom thing type situation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Also, he's in the end of the movie, he's still a virgin. So. True. And can't walk. And can't walk, yeah. Bless his heart. I look, it's, it says that you have edited 37 TV shows. Is that what you're doing now? That's a, yeah, I have, I guess. Wow. <laughs> I, uh, mostly like reality show or cooking yeah. shows, or uh, I did a few true crime shows, which I like, and some doc series, more like serious shows. Yeah. Those, I prefer like the true crime and the, like the more serious shows, but you know, I, I do what I can get to make a living so yeah i just right now i'm working on a show called girl meets farm food network i think yeah. it's on sunday mornings so do you like directing or editing better oh definitely directing okay. it's just That's, is that a stupid you know. question <laughs> <laughs> well no I mean, I some know. people i'm sure some people would prefer to not have to deal with people like if you Editing is great because you get to be alone and not have to deal with people so much, except yeah. for the uh, producer every now and then when they give you notes. Yeah. Um, especially nowadays, because ever since the pandemic started, I've been editing from home. Oh, so that's I, even now I could still, I think there's just like, what's the point of renting all this space yeah. when you can do it at home? You know? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you can do it and save money, why not? Sure. And I mean, I have. I mean, I live in LA, so like I could protect my commute depending on the job is between 30 minutes to an hour every day times two. Yeah, so now I can just drop off my kid in school, yeah. have an hour and a half to myself to do whatever I want and then start working and you see the kids. Yeah, that sounds like a dream. Bentonville traffic drives me crazy. I can't imagine LA traffic. At all. Now, where are you guys? Are you in Fayetteville? No, we live in Rogers, but on the... Like, right on the line of Rogers-Bentonville in northwest Arkansas. So, we get all the Walmart traffic traveling from Fayetteville to Bentonville to work at the home office. I think I went to Rogers once. My dad was a, um, he's an eccentric person. He was a member of the Pigeon Rollers Club. He <laughs> raised pigeons. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of roller pigeons. Do you know what roller pigeons are? Uh, no, but uh -oh. enlighten us. They, they are, um, so there's a, a whole competition, a society, if you will, of people that get together with their flock, I guess, flock of pigeons <laughs> <laughs> that they train and then they go up in the air and they flip, they roll. Really? So they, they spin around, kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog, but in the sky. And you get points depending on how many of your pigeons roll, how many times and maybe how coordinate. I don't know. I don't remember all the details, but my dad was, when we lived in Florida, my dad really got into that. And yeah. um, when we moved to Arkansas, he, we, he had to get rid of his pigeons. He couldn't bring them up. And, uh, but he still liked pigeons. So one day, not one day, several days <laughs> on the weekends, 
he had a list of members of the of the National Roller Association, whatever it was called. And we would spend time driving to all these different towns and just showing up to people's houses and saying, hey, can we check out your, your pigeons? And most of the time, they were very excited <laughs> to, <laughs> to share. And I remember going to Rogers and there was an old man. He was probably, you know, pushing 80 and he, he showed us his pigeons. That is the most random thing <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yes. I mean, it's totally Arkansas, but that is very random. So I'm pretty sure Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter references roller pigeons when he's interviewing Clarice Starling. Really? Yeah. I was, so I was I just, watching. I just watched that recently. I was watching Hannibal this afternoon before I came to Rob's and they were playing back tapes from Silence of the Lambs and that came up and they were talking about roller pigeons. There's two types and depending on how you breed them together. If they tumble too much, they hit the ground. I was about to say that. So there's polar rollers and they don't, they don't fly. Yeah. I remember this. I remember this because yep. they're flightless. And, and if you scare them, they roll on the ground. Now, what I found out is what they're actually doing is having seizures while oh, that happens. Whoa. Okay. You need to make a whole movie about roller pigeons. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, but, uh, you can come to Rogers and shoot. <laughs> we can make it just like your childhood days. <laughs> and so like the ball rollers are cool because they don't fly and then they'll roll on the ground, just like Sonic. But if you crossbreed a polar roller and a regular roller, their offspring will roll but never stop. And shut up. Crash crash into the ground. Huh. Yep. That is so weird. I'm going to research. But I don't remember that in Silence of the Lambs, the movie, though. They must have, like, made that up and, like, were playing it, you know, like in a, like a scene. Yeah, was so, it actually, was it actually, like, could you tell by the voice if it was actually Hopkins? And I'm pretty sure it was. So it was when she was going back and listening to uh, tape recordings of their old interview sessions. So I don't know if it was actually in Silence of the Lambs, but it was in, like, the first half of Hannibal. Julian Moore's doing the research and stuff. Yes. That's so random. We hmm. have been watching a lot of Hannibal. Yeah, that's true. Now, Hannibal, I, I remember watching that, but was that Anthony Hopkins? Yeah. The film was, and then you had the TV version with Mads Milkinson. Okay. But then there was that weird one. Oh, that was... Um... Red Dragon, maybe? Oh, Hannibal. Okay, Hannibal's the one where he eats the brain at the end. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That movie was not that... I saw that in um, I saw that in Omaha opening night and it was packed and when, when they started eating the brain everybody was just kind of laughing and some guy yelled out but it tastes better than Taco Bell <laughs> <laughs> that's when I decided I'll never go to an opening night movie again in Omaha yeah and you know that was a long time ago uh-huh. Omaha anyway well I, I like Omaha since hey. uh, Back oh, to the movie. Did you guys ever? <laughs> did you guys ever see about Schmidt? It's been a long been time. A so, I lived in Omaha while they were filming that, and I went to a job interview at the bank. That's at the. It's in that Woodman of the World building where Jack Nicholson worked in the movie. Huh. And uh, I went and interviewed, and the guy that was interviewing me, I was going to be a teller, although I never worked in a bank before, and I actually never had. I didn't get the job. Actually, I didn't want the job because you had to pay for parking. Anyway, the guy was super excited because he's like, you know who you just missed? Jack Nicholson. He was just right here. And I was like, oh, damn. And then like two years later, the movie came out and I remembered it. Oh, that's Woodman of the World. It, it, I hadn't heard that in a long time. It's like an insurance company. Oh, I know. Remember we had, well, you probably don't remember. We had Woodman of the World Camp in Clinton. Down at oh, I remember. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I don't remember the actual camp, it's but still I remember there. like kind of riding the bus. There was like. Yeah, it was. Um, anyway. The Woodman of the World thing was actually downtown, like right off the square. And then I guess if you had insurance through them, you got to go to this Woodman of the World camp that was out towards um, the Johnson Hole. I actually drove out there not too long ago. You talk about a place to film a movie like an old camp like see from like talking about? sorry something you would see from like one of those 
movies, like the American Horror Story, the campground yeah, yeah. one, like oh, that one. Things. Yeah. Friday, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they still kind of keep it up, but look kind of scary. My mom and I drove down there. Well, I, I guess their headquarters are in Omaha. I did not know that. Or, well, there's a giant sky skyscraper for Omaha if that they is, have a says Woodman on New Orleans. Then I would assume that's probably where they're banked out of. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Eh, anyway. So you went from, and I might kick us out of here in a minute because I we just set up our Zoom. This is our first time to do it, obviously. And if it does, I'll just restart it, and then we can pretend like that never happened. Uh, what I wanted to talk to you, I want to make sure we got through a little bit, is you grew up in Peru, and until you were eight? Yeah. And then did you go straight to Arkansas from there? No, I lived in Newport Ritchie, Florida. It's in the Tampa oh Bay area. I used to live you know right outside place? of Newport Ritchie. Yeah, I used to live in... Uh, really? Yeah, Citrus County and Wesley Chapel and Crystal River and some of those places. Okay, Crystal River sounds familiar. Yeah. Was there like an actual river that yep. was really cold? Yeah, it was. Uh, comes out of Rainbow Springs and three sisters yeah yeah okay that's where everybody goes for the manatees manatees and scallop all right that's the only thing that's there (laughs) okay cool yeah uh yeah newport richie it was a lot nicer back then before all the uh pills and all that hit (laughs) yeah it's a little sketchy now (laughs) maybe it was always maybe it's always been a crap hole and you know when you're a kid you don't know any better yeah Um, but yeah, no, I lived there from, I went there from third grade to seventh and then I moved to Clinton, uh, for eighth grade. Short time. Yep. So how'd you get involved in film through, through all that traveling and moving around and everything? I don't know. Like I, I always liked horror movies and, uh, is it like I've watched when I lived in Peru, I had cousins that were a little older, you know, like five years older and we would go rent. Fright Night or like uh, this uh, Night of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead, all these kind of inappropriate movies, uh, The Nightmare on Elm Streets. Um, and we would watch them. And even though I was like six and they were probably like 11 or 12, uh, I really got into them. And Gremlins was a big one. Uh, I was a big fan of Gremlins as a kid. And then when I got to um, Florida, my uh, my dad's brother, lived in Florida. That's why we went there. Uh, he had a camcorder and I was like, wait, I can make, I can record things. Like, so I started, I borrowed it for a, in perpetuity till it broke, till I broke it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was uh, making, um, just little dumb videos with my friends. We actually made a prequel to gremlins. Um, <laughs> where I had my mom make us costumes and like, Magua, stuffed mogwais. Um, I'm sure it was really annoying. That's <laughs> and uh, we had our hamsters. It's like, I, well, I had pet hamsters, and uh, in our version, scientists gave these hamsters like some potion that turned them into mogwais and then became gremlins. So that's that's kind of how I started into it. And then I did some other, I mean, I was just messing around with friends. And uh, then when we moved to Arkansas, I kind of didn't have those friends anymore or a camera. <laughs> and then uh, when I got back to Omaha, when I moved on after that, I moved to Omaha and um, kind of got back into it a little bit. Uh, I went to Creighton University um, in Omaha and uh, I majored in journalism and mass communications because it was the only major where I could do like video stuff. It was supposed to be more like new stuff, but that's where I learned how to edit. And so I was just doing whatever I you know, actually I had a, a professor that let me borrow his very nice camera and I actually filmed a full length, uh, terrible movie that I wrote <laughs> in Omaha and it just kind of on the weekends with friends and people that I put ads on. And then when I finally finished and I started editing it and realizing how bad it was, I got my acceptance letter into USC. So I went to LA and uh, I was like, well, this movie sucks and I'm going to be very busy now. <laughs> so I kind of just shelved that, but it was really, uh, and, you know, it was a good learning experience. Oh, yeah. Like I learned not what, what not to do. Like we had a, I always knew you had a microphone. Like we had one of those boom microphones and I was just found a person and like, here, hold this. And I thought, Oh, as long as it's in the room, it'll record everything and it'll sound great. But 
they weren't actually aiming it at anybody. <laughs> it all sounded. <laughs> Hold it up in the air like a statue. Yeah, like it's, it's here. You know, I've seen like movie. I think it was um, something about Mary where he's like holding a boom microphone from the car and you can hear it inside the apartment, which is oh, totally yeah. BS. <laughs> and then so I thought like, oh, it'll just and I didn't bother testing it till after <laughs> listening. You know, so uh, anyway, That's that was funny. that's kind of how I got into it. And then USC is pretty intense. Um, so like your first semester, you get you have to make five short films. Uh, you have like a week to come up with an idea, a week to shoot it, and a week to edit it, and then oh you screen gosh. it. Wow. Yeah, oh. and then you do five five of those. And they have pretty strict rules. Like at first, you can't have any dialogue, and they want you to like do more visuals. Uh, and they all suck, of course. Oh, yeah. Everybody's films suck. Everybody but, you know, you're learning. Unless you it like was actually yeah, unless you like that stuff. And to <laughs> me, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, we got all these like working actors to be in them. Like, you could just put an ad out and be like, USC project. And I had this one guy show up who had real credits, and he was really fun. And you know, it's just like maybe four hours for this one in one night, and he happened to live nearby. I mean, he wasn't like anybody super famous, but I was like, why are you wasting your time doing this? after the fact when I looked him up but yeah. um so it's kind of fun to be in LA and make these films because there's a lot of talent there's a lot of talented people that are desperate yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no I mean I mean I don't, it's not like we were taking advantage of where they knew it was a student film and, and that was like back in so I went to I went to uh USC in 2004 so this is way this is before you YouTube was really a thing yeah. Um, digital video. I mean, they had like DV tapes, but nothing like we would give people, we would give the actors the a copy of the short so they could put it on their reel and it was on a VHS tape. Wow. So that's how. Wow. I mean, they still, they kind of was DVDs already, but uh, I don't think they knew how to rip them very well. So they always wanted VHS tapes. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and there was, there was a store that sold VHS, like five minute VHS tapes just for that purpose. So you could really, so what are you, uh, you have something next you had, are you still writing? Yeah. So like, since I've been working on some stuff, you know, I was trying to, I did Navaja and, uh, Navaja was like indie kind of fundraising and that's really tough to do. So I've been trying to get companies involved. Yeah. So trying to sell some things, maybe, um, I'm trying to get into like episodic television directing as well and uh which is tough to do but it's lucrative and fun probably stressful i'm guessing oh i'm sure i have some friends friends that have broken into that recently and um editing's fine too i mean it beats i don't know what else i would be doing honestly <laughs> so is getting into what you want to get into is that kind of the whole it's who you know type thing or is it do you need to know people um, to be able to get into it or do they take you strictly off the stuff you show or whatever? That's a good question. If I knew the answer, I'd probably be. I mean, you said you just had it. friends that got into it. So I'm like, Hey, hook on. Oh, well, like, okay. So like I have a friend that got into it. Uh, he did a, there's like a, some of the networks have programs that you can apply to. I applied to one recently and had an interview. And so like I'm on a list. So I, okay there's a potential that I could get on that program. I should know by the end of the year. Uh, but like I have a friend that did the program and then met people. And then one of his friends brought him on as a director on a show. Gotcha. Um, I have another friend that pitched something and sold it because of that. You know, if you, if you pitch something and sell it, then you can negotiate like, Hey, well, I want to, and you have to obviously be able to do it. Right. But, um, right. So it's both like a lot of times you have to either have some buzz or like do something amazing or yeah. I don't know. Like if it's, it's, it's a different path for everybody. Yeah. It's not like one thing. Makes sense. It's like the annoying thing. It's not like, Oh, you go to law school, you get your degree, you intern at a law firm and you're a lawyer. So. You, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, that would be out. hard, especially cause I feel like in LA, that's what people go there for. I mean, so there's, 
probably almost saturated. Not saturated, but I'm sure there's tons of people looking to do the exact same thing in L.A. Because that's where it's at, right? I mean, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, actors and yeah. writers and directors, for sure. Yeah. Um, so you just have to be able to stand out. Yeah. You talked about doing, uh, being into really into horror. Did you ever think about trying to do a horror film? Like an indie or a B movie or something? Yeah, actually, um, I do have a couple. Uh, one was like a vampire movie set in Peru, like in the beach. Um, and then there's another one that a friend of mine optioned a script that I like a lot, but it needs like a rework. And the writer's kind of pretty beginner. I just haven't had the time to... Yeah. Um, there's like, okay, so like editing takes up a lot of my day and then I have family. And then there's a couple of things I'm pursuing that might lead to something. So like the horror thing I really want to do, is just a matter of like priorities, you know? We get that. <laughs> How much yeah. personal time lot, you take into it? It's, it's a lot easier to do this if you're single. Yeah. But <laughs> I would, but you know, I wouldn't want to uh, train that. <laughs> As you take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm very happy with my, with my wife and kids. <laughs> Me too. I'm sure you are. <laughs> Did you have anything you want to pitch out to people or let people know about yourself? Because uh, we'll be posting this on everywhere we can to get you. Our, our people, anybody that listens to ours or subscribes to us will now know about your films and what you're doing. Sure. Um, let's see. If you want to watch The Blade of Don Juan, uh, which is La Navaja de Don Juan in Spanish, you can watch it on Amazon. Uh, I think it's three bucks and maybe Vudu. I don't remember. It used to be on more things and now everything's kind of getting conglomerated. Mm -hmm. Also, if you want to watch Remedio or The Prescription, that's on HBO Max until next June. And then I have a website. It's... TomSanchezFilm.com, but it's mostly just what well, has my directing reel and it has information on those two films. And uh, I also made a music video that I have. I made a few, but Hey-o. one that I like. My language. <laughs> I have one a music video I like. Uh, we made for Team Love Records, which is the artist is Cap Gun Coup. It's called Liar in Texas in a Green Room in Memphis. And uh, it's fun. It's very low budget, but I, I like the way it turned out. And that's on Vimeo and YouTube. Okay, fun. We're going to look at that. Um, yeah. Well, if it means anything, which I know to you it doesn't, oh. Rob. But anyway, I am not a movie connoisseur. I read usually The Parent's Guide on this podcast and then I roll out because the movies are not my thing. But I'm also not a big subtitle fan, but I loved <laughs> your movie. I really did like it. Like my dad's going to be so Thanks. proud that I watched it. <laughs> like I didn't, fall, I didn't even need to fall asleep. I was like really into it. It was good. I really liked it. So good job. Thanks. That's what my, my in-law said the same thing. Really? Like, I hate subtitles, but I really liked your movie. I really did like it. Like, it was good. It was very good paced, which helps a lot when you're one of those kind of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny. A lot of good humor in it. Yeah, there were Thanks. there were a couple of really solid one-liners in there. <laughs> Not like anybody stole anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mario's denial. Yeah. That was yeah. Funny. yeah. That was funny. He didn't know. <laughs> didn't call the cops. Didn't have the knife. Yeah. You know, that guy, uh, the, the guy that played Mario's name is Rodrigo, Rodrigo Viaggio. He actually made his own film. I don't know if, where you can watch it, though. I don't know if it's out yet. Like, it, it played in theaters in Peru. This played in theaters in Peru, by the way. Oh, that's um, cool. Oh, awesome. Navaja. Yeah, so, like, oh, it didn't even give you guys a whole spiel. So, like, it, it premiered in the Austin Film Festival, uh, it did it at a few other festivals, and then um, actually, it was playing on Encore for a few years. They did like a two year license, Encore Espanol. That's cool. Yeah, Rodrigo made a movie. I haven't seen it because I wanted to go down to the premiere, but it kind of conflicted with 
my life because <laughs> it's in it was in it was in Lima, um, but uh, and I just had a lot of uh, stuff going on. But I wanted to go, and uh, it's called. Well, actually, it's called Irresistible Seducers, I guess in English. I don't know if it'll ever make it out here or not. But uh, I just thought it was cool that he uh, made his own film yeah. later. And then I don't know. I don't know if you guys want to hear the story of how we got it on HBO, the short film on HBO. I Absolutely, would love, I'm curious. I would love to because <laughs> wow. Okay, so like on that one. So like, uh, so like a, my friend Xavier um galindo i met him in san francisco during a screening of navaja uh they have a latin film festival and they invited me to come and screen it and they actually put me up in this apparently haunted hotel called the whitmire i think or whitmore whitmire hotel i forget the name it's in the tenderloin district it's like i show up my uber drops me off in front of the hotel as soon as i roll in this um, car hits an old lady. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like midnight. This car hits an old lady, not like super hard. because She gets up and starts yelling at the guy <laughs> and then drives off. And I'm like, where am I? What's going on here? And it looks, and I don't know if, how familiar, are you guys been in San Francisco at all? Like I Tenderloin is I was just Tenderloin district. Days, yeah. what, you, what part of town? Uh, he, the guy I was staying with lived about 10 miles from, um, the pier where you can see Alcatraz. Okay. So I'm all I can remember. 10 miles. I don't know how big San Francisco is, uh, but Tenderloin is like pretty, uh, gritty and <clears throat> I check in, I go to my room, I put my luggage and I go back to the, the front desk and I'm like, okay, I got a little bit of time. It's like, I go to the clerk, I'm like, any place to get a drink around here? Like. Uh, and he's like, well, I don't think you should go. I was like, okay, whatever. So I'm walking around and it's like a ghost town. There's nobody in the streets. And after a few blocks, I see a, a bar and I go up to it and the bouncer's like, we, we, we already did last call. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go dead. But the next day, like it's filled with basically junkies <laughs> like in the middle of the day. Like what's going on at night that they're like, not in the, you know yeah. like where are they going like, yeah they got uh, the yeah so anyway i met javier at the screening of <laughs> of the film and then uh we kept in touch he actually he's peruvian too and he said he lived a uh, part of his time in peru he lived like a few blocks away from um where the film was filmed where, by my grandma's house and we probably you know we're similar age so you might yeah have you probably been... cross paths and knowing yeah that. or at least we're like you know, and he's, he's, he's actually in Remedio. He's the guy. Oh, there's two guys, but he's the one that's like, has more lines. The one is trying to hook up with yeah. the girl so with he, the prescription. Yeah. <laughs> so he wrote the movie. Um, he wrote it and he sent me the script because he wanted my feedback. He'd done this a few times, like sending me scripts. The other scripts, I think he made himself. And then I asked, are you going to direct this yourself? And he said, actually, I want someone else to direct it. Um, he was trying to get a lady to direct it. I don't know if he had one in mind specifically, but I said, hey, if you don't find anybody, I'd love to do that. I like the script. So he said, okay, he agreed. And I, I gave him I gave him two scene suggestions. I said, I think we're missing two scenes. Uh, care to guess what two scenes I uh, added? The... All or the one vibrator scene. That's one of them. <laughs> Got one. I don't know. The masturbation scene. Hey, you're good. Man, All right. <laughs> look at you. I I watched it two or three times the other day. Like over the course. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my. Well, just over the course of the week, because the first time I I watched it, it was something was going on with the subtitles, oh. and my Spanish is oh. not good enough to. I I think it was an issue with my tv or my fire stick not on there because the other two times i watched it it was fine but my spanish is not good to understand all the dialogue without subtitles sure. but yeah good guesses um i mean i can't i couldn't watch you to mama tambien without the subtitles because of the and i had written and directed in spanish but <laughs> 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 yeah quick mexican uh, slang 
Anyway, um, so so I did the um, so I suggested those two scenes. Um, a, I wanted the audience to see where where she lived, like what kind of environment she lived in. Um, it was important that we establish that she has a roommate. Like, just also, do you see her situation? If you're if you have a roommate and that roommate shares your actual room with you, that means something. Um, and then also to show her prudishness or like you know uh, hesitation with sex, awkwardness or whatever. So like in the original scene, they kiss, and then the next day, or sorry, the original script, they kiss. Also, there was no dialogue in the. I hope Javier doesn't get mad that I'm late, but whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So like they, they kiss, and then there is in the original script there you couldn't hear what they were saying. They kiss, and then the next day they're at the school, and they have that scene. Uh, and that's like, well. I don't know if people can like fully understand what happened. And also it's very complicated because he is like, I don't want people to think she's in love with her friend because she's not in love with her friend. Um, it's more like she realizes she's attracted to women right. as well and not. Uh, so that was like a whole dance there. It was like, it was difficult to like, cause you know, initially you're like, well, we should make her fall in love with her. It's like the more traditional, Anyway, that's why we, he's like, I want it to be purely physical thing, like not an emotional thing. Like it's not that it's right. her, it's physical, right. whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so then how did we get it in HBO? Like we, we premiered it, it, we submitted it to festivals and it, we got accepted into the Outfest LA, which is a big festival here, which is really cool. We got, we played it there. I played in the Oaxaca Film Festival. I got to go to Oaxaca. And then um, it played at a few other festivals. And then HBO Max came out and I was trying to look for Beetlejuice on HBO Max. <laughs> I was actually trying to look for the Beetlejuice cartoon because my daughter, like me, likes scary movies, even though she's young. Um, and they didn't have the Beetlejuice cartoon, but when I typed in that, this other short film that played in our um, group at Outfest popped up and I was like, whoa, actually I'll give credit to my wife because she's the one that was like, hey, that's that film from your from your screening. And I was like, cause I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, you're right. And I even hit play to make sure it was. And I was like, how did that get on HBO Max? I had no idea that they did short film programming because making a short film, you know, you never expect other than playing festivals but putting it online like there's no real outlet yeah so i have a friend that's an agent and i said hey can you find me the uh, contact information for acquisitions at hbo max and she did but first she watched my short to make sure that it wasn't <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> make sure it's legit yeah and then uh, then she gave me an email and I think it was for like the head of acquisition. So I emailed them saying, hey, I have a short film. Here's a link to it. I noticed that this other short film played with me at Outfest also played is on HBO Max. So uh, and then I just sent it thinking they'll ignore it because that's pretty typical. And surprisingly, they wrote me back and they said, oh, yes, uh, here is the email of the person that acquired this film. Send this link to them or I've copied them or whatever. So like then that person reviewed it and then they said, we'd like to license it. So, awesome. and it was for two, two years. They actually like made the offer in August of 2020, which is really exciting because that was a terrible year for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good time. Yeah. And something new. Yeah. And people are home watching. Yeah, well, except for that they're like, okay, but we're not going to put it on air until June of 2021. Oh. <laughs> um, but we knew for, yeah. you know, yeah, 10 months or so that uh, it was going to happen. And it was going to be for two years. And not only is it on HBO Max, but it's also on HBO Latino. That's awesome. The, uh, on, on air. Uh, they do like, and I was like, why do you guys do short films? Because they only do... They only do either Spanish language or Latino themed content for shorts. Huh. 
huh. or mostly. And uh, it's because they said that a uh, HBO Latino, unlike regular HBO, needs filler um, content for in-between programming. Like in HBO, normal HBO, they have like behind the scenes stuff right. or like little featurettes about upcoming things and they don't have as many of those. So they decided, which is really, really cool. That yeah. They decided to, uh, because they pay, I mean, you it's know, I, idea. I, it, yeah. it, it's, they pay you money yeah. to, for your product. It's not like a charity thing. Like, right. you know, they're, and so nothing we were expecting. It was totally random uh, awesome. and cool. So how long did that process take from the time you emailed, saw that film on HBO Max? To the time where you got the email saying, hey, we're going to, do you remember? I mean, is that like? Like a few months. Like, I mean, from when the time that I actually saw it, because then I had yeah. to like think for a minute, like how do I, and I was like, right. oh, I'll ask my friend. And, uh, a month, maybe a month and a half. Okay. I should know if like that was something like you emailed them and you thought, well, I won't hear back. And so you kind of like forgot about it. And then all of a sudden, boom, here's an email saying, Hey, I think it just took them a couple of days oh, wow. to get back to me. Wow. It was pretty fast. That's awesome. That's cool, Tom. How exciting. Gosh. Hey, so <laughs> I was going to ask you, are all the actors in the movie, are they all Peruvian? Are they all Which from, one? Like from um, Blade the Juan. Blade of Don Juan. Are they all from Peru? Like, did you scout them from yeah, Peru? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, by the way, did you notice, did you catch the one actor that's in both? Was it the very first lady? Who was it? I'm not going to lie. First I lady. thought the very first, the skirt lady that the kid was, the oh. little boy was looking up her dress at the very beginning. I honestly, uh -huh. I, I was like, I've seen that lady before, but I can't figure out where from. She looks so familiar. But I, no, I, 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 I am so. beat her. She's nothing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's something, but just not like, who I thought it was. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's not. Well, okay, so everybody's from Peru. Okay, in that film, but there's one one of the actors has, uh, and I say actor, non-gendered, is in Remedio as well. And I don't know if you caught who. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't catch it unless it was Caesar. <laughs> Caesar, the, the transsexual prostitute. Uh, yeah. Do you, oh, you uh, even remember? <laughs> <laughs> it was Caramello Candy. The the uh, oh, her name's good. Claudia Claudia Solis. She played the friend in Remedio. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She did. Okay. She played yeah. Jocelyn. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. why she looked familiar. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Yeah. A little older. I mean. Yeah. There was 2011 to 2018, I think, is when we filmed that. Um, but yeah. She got to do a little more acting. and oh. her, role, her role's bigger in the prescription. Yeah. But I don't know, like, screen time-wise, because the other movie's longer. Yeah. Anyway, um, that, so that was, Navaja was her very first film. She's done some television in Peru since, and then she did this film for us. And then she recently starred leading role in the film they shot in Peru. Um, I think it's being edited right now. But she's a good friend of ours. I mean, I didn't know her until Navaja, like I met her during audition, but um, she's come out to LA a few times. She was studying acting here. She came out to the, when we did the Austin Film Festival for Navaja, uh, we had her and the two brothers and the lady, the lady that played the maid. And then the most famous actor we have in our film uh, is the lady that played the grandma. Like she was like on some huge hit TV show down there that like whenever I hang out with her, they're always asking her for autographs. It's kind of funny. Her name is Irma, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Irma, Irma Maudi. Yeah. Um, she's really cool. Um, and uh, she came out. Actually, right after Austin, she came back to, she went to LA afterwards uh, and I was giving her a tour. And then there was like, a, I don't know if you guys know who Ema Sumac is. It's a singer from the, she's Peruvian, but she's kind of like had a thing out here in Hollywood in the fifties. Um, 
there, she was having like a there was like a event for her and uh that a friend of mine runs and they said oh you have Irma have her come out and come to this thing and like I was like okay and I did and I was surprised like even here like all the Peruvians that live in LA were like oh my god it's really? Doña Nelly which is her character name oh, and that's just funny or the you know the two friends this crazy face and chicken uh-huh. so that plays chicken he was he that was his first film too but the other guy job looking dancing like a chicken <laughs> he was perfect. when he when they said why do you call him chicken and he's like because he dances like a chicken and then it peers over to him i'm like he even had like the head going but he didn't like it, know, was, it was a subtle chicken move and i was like <laughs> oh that's hilarious <laughs> so his um his the other guy that plays crazy face he was like a childhood actor and when we, even when we were filming in the neighborhood, like when they go and ring the doorbell, like the neighborhood kids would come up to him and be like, oh my God, it's you, can I get an autograph? And like- Really? Yeah, it's kind of weird. That's I mean, it's fun, but yeah. like, it's just kind of like, yeah. these, these people are famous. That's that's awesome though. That's, that's cool. good that the other guys, like the guy that played that Mario was able to keep going and do their own yeah. thing because of that. Yeah. He's been in a few films down there, so. Are they all still based in Peru, or have any of them made a leap to L.A.? Or uh, uh, I don't know if anybody does. If, Peru- like the bad, like the bad guy in. Um, like I'm just trying to think of like the bigger actors. The like the mean guy at the party. He's kind of a bigger actor too. I mean, not like the super big. Right. I don't know if he's made it out. Um, the curly hair kid. Um, oh no, not 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 him. Uh, the the one Pamela's man. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Guillermo. Exactly. Yeah. Sebastian. Gotcha. So, is there like a Hollywood in Peru, like a place that you know what I'm saying? Like, is there? Well, it, it would be uh, Lima, I guess. Okay. But no, it, their their industry is still like developing. Okay. Um, I think they finally <clears throat> made a Netflix show down there about soccer. Oh. Uh, uh, I think it's I think it's out now. Um, actually, no, the, the director in Spanish is called Contigo Mi Capitan. Uh, I don't know if I, if you guys followed World Cup last time around or not. I did. My brother, a little bit. His brother's obsessed yeah. with it. So, so Peru was hadn't been in the World Cup in a long time. Like maybe I, I'm not a huge soccer person, um, but I want to say late seventies. Peru hadn't made it to the World Cup. I mean, they have a lot of competition down there yeah. to get in to qualify. Yeah. Uh, but they made it last time. And their star player tested positive for cocaine. Oh. And, but only, and I don't know all the details other than like in a certain format of the test. And he was claiming that he drank coca tea, which is like a tea made of coca leaves. Or, or that there was like residue or something. I don't know. Right. And then he did his own test and was negative, but the FIFA people wouldn't accept it. And uh, there was like a whole thing because he was going to be disqualified. Yeah. He did get, he wasn't allowed to practice for a certain amount of time. And then it got overturned uh, in court because they said, look, this test should count. So he did finally get to play. Okay. But there was like a lot of band, like he couldn't pr- participate for right. a few mo- like weeks leading up. Yeah. So they made a show about it. Okay. <laughs> That's a Netflix show. That reminds me of um, when Elaine Bennis gets uh, tested and there's opium in her test. And it's oh, right, the right, poppy right. seeds. It's the poppy seeds. That's what did it. Right? Right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and there was like diehard fans were like, "No, he must have been with like this girl he was partying with. She did cocaine, and then like it rubbed off." I'm sure, they and kissed. Like, and, oh yeah, I'm sure. Make yeah, you, you gotta have yeah, your star yeah. player. Yeah, you don't want to lose your star <laughs> player. <laughs> so I don't know, and like really, like is it a big deal? It's not like he's, I don't know. It's, it seems like it'd be a weakness, not a help. But what do I know? I don't know much about soccer. Being on Coke. I don't, yeah, I don't know much about soccer or Coke, so. Just blow up, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, I mean, we appreciate you doing this for us, and. um, Yeah, sure. My pleasure. 
we'll definitely <laughs> let you know how it all turns out with the video and stuff. I and mean, I won't post anything until we uh, get it edited and I'll uh, send something over to you. If you want to be. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you want to say, uh, no, don't post that video, <laughs> just audio, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, I would have dressed up if I knew. Listen, yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, look at. <laughs> just gave baths to kids and yeah. brushed teeth. and. I just hope it sounds okay because I don't have like a real microphone. You sound good coming through here. Like, yeah, we can, you're we can super all hear clear. You. Yeah. 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 No super problem. Clear. All right. So I'm sure it's great. But it was good to see you. Long, yeah. Long, long, long time. I like keeping up with you on Facebook, though. I, I like <laughs> it when you and Courtney Pot start. The last thing I remember is talking about her flight to Barcelona where there's a crying kid. Well, you know, <laughs> she, yeah, well, she gets on. And I was like, well, which I totally get. But I was telling about this, this weirdo that like took, he literally, we saw him, this guy take, we were in four shots at this bar, which was in the Vegas airport, I think. We were flying back from Texas. And uh, we saw him take four shots at a bar right by the gate. And he had a boombox. And he was just blasting the boombox in the gate while doing these shots. And Amy's like, that guy's going to go on our flight. And I was <laughs> like, oh, God. And he did. Of course. <laughs> and uh, but we went to the very back of the plane because we we're flying in the Burbank airport, which deplanes from both the front and back. It's a hack there you in go. Southwest. So you pick your own seats. Um, so we went to the very back and he was in the front and we were about to take off when the captain was like, we got to go back to the gate. And I was like, what the, why? I want to get home. And then sure enough, I guess that guy, boombox got kicked uh, off. Boombox <laughs> was playing the boombox and he wouldn't stop. So they uh, escorted him off the flight. That is hilarious. Like, are you talking about a boombox that, like, sits on your shoulder? Like, 1980s? Well, <laughs> I guess it was a pretty big pill speaker. You know okay. what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it was, like, his phone was. So it wasn't, like, a full-blown. Gotcha. But it was big. It was, like, still big. Like, oh, I have a little pose. But yeah. it was a big thing. And it's like, why are you blasting this? Like. That's you're just not on a beach. On Who does that? Well, yeah, that's just silly. Uh, someone that takes four shots before. Yeah, yeah, that helps. A plane. Apparently, <laughs> Lord, gosh. Yeah, that's nuts. Oh goodness. Anyway. Well, cool. Well, it's good to see you. Good to catch up. And I don't know. I just thought you and Rob would hit it off because y'all are both movie people. Sure. Yeah, yeah I listened to you guys' yeah. Nope episode. I really liked it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I was listening to the It one. I never finished it because I kind of got sidetracked. I also didn't like It as much, um, but I really like Nope. And then I thought you guys had some cool things to say about it. So it's a cool movie. And I took my daughter to see it twice in the theater, even yeah. though she's eight. Hey, <laughs> I didn't think it was that scary at all. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, okay, oh, I'm, she I'm 43, but still, I don't think, I think my kids would have been like, what? She also, uh, we also took her to see Smile recently. <gasps> Holy shoot. How was it? I can't go see it. <laughs> I can't. Have you guys, none of you seen it? Not yet. Not yet. Smile? Ooh. Oh, okay. Uh, it's good. I know it says less than a minute. Reminiscent of the ring. Uh, and which Aria likes to. But, um, <laughs> I yeah. can't. Rob, anyway, yeah. Rob does this freaky smile, and I can't stand it. And that the, the trailer I saw was just the guy in the sack ward going, doing that smile. Hey. They're back. Hey, oh. we'll let him go then. <laughs> but anyway, I don't think I can see it. It's too freaky looking to me. But anyway. That's all right. Yeah. Anyway, well, hey, we appreciate you, Tom. Yeah, thank yep. you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And Thanks. I'll, reach, I'll reach out to you afterwards and uh, anything else we need to follow up on. Or just shoot the shit. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. We appreciate That's it. That's good. Go see Tom's movies. They're they're good. Yay. Tom. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. If you're just coming in for the last three seconds of this podcast, Tom Sanchez was just with us, and he has a short on HBO Max called The Prescription. Check it out. He directed and helped produce it. 
He has a full-length feature that we bought from Amazon called The Blade of Don Juan. I'm not going to butcher the uh, Spanish pronunciation. It's delightful. It is a, a little bit of a, a super bad type film, and it it made all of us laugh. It, it was it was very well done. Uh, you can also check out Tom Sanchez's work at TomSanchezFilm.com. The man is very busy. He's working on more stuff. And as always, you can reach us on Spotify, uh, Chromecast, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. We uh, we would really like to thank Tom for giving giving us a minute and letting us pick his brain and just talk random bullshit. And he was very gracious. And I'm pretty sure after our last conversation post podcast that he will be joining us on some movie reviews. So you can look forward to that as well. Thank you so much for listening to talking with words. We will be back with more fantastic content as soon as possible. Have a great one. Are we recording?